<clears throat> Good evening and welcome to episode three of Inside the Player Studio. Not an episode for players, as in people who play athletic sports or people who are good with women. No, we're neither one of those. We're actually the weirdos who <laughs> write stories and pretend to be fictional characters. And that's us. I'm joined here today with my co-host. I'll, I'll, let me get out of the way before I forget. My name is the Bogus Birdman, and I'm joined by my co-host. Uh, I don't know what to call him, so I'll call him Bitch. Welcome, Bitch. <laughs> uh, thank you, sir. May I have another? Our guest tonight, it's the one, the only, Kaiser Sozi. Welcome. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. No, Don't lie. Yeah, I think the chloroform's just starting to wear off. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I tied to my chair? <laughs> so, um, anyway, this is a show, as we've said, dedicated to the RPGs on the superhero hype boards. All us down there in the basement, as we like to call it. We're, we're sort of a community. Um, how long have you been around, so in the board? Oh, oh, I've been a member of the board since yeah, we'll, we'll say 2002. That's kind of scary. Ten years now that I've wasted my life on superhero hype. You're not that one. Which is kind of terrifying. Um, I first joined the RPG when it first began back in late 2004. I remember, um, I think it was the Departed.Oc, who's now named Joker on the boards, um, who'd... No, sorry, I, I, emailed, I emailed him. I've heard about his people posting on like a thread and reading the old RPG boards talking about starting a new RPG set in the continuity of the Marvel Universe. And like, so I started messaging a few friends who were interested in taking part. So I was one of the original founding members of the original incarnation of the Heroes vs. Villains Marvel RPG. And the rest was history. Yeah, so you're you're an OG. You're not like MB and I who were... Johnny come lately's me no, more so than him. Yeah. OG, I think you know. After the then you come in, um, was it at some point during season one of Marvel? I don't know if it was season one. I know I came in season two of DC, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know the correlation of when those two started, but it's very possible. Yeah, because I do remember you being around for a long time. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, you started late 2000, I think it was Christmas 2004, playing Bullseye, and I joined the DC um, RPG in 2005, and the DC one is the one I'm obviously been more longly associated with. Um, but yeah, so that's um, 10 years in the hype and 8 years in the RPGs. Time well spent. I guess. Yeah, see, so I mean, I could have been going to get a job, you know, get a girlfriend, but. No, yeah. who'd want to do that? It's more fun to pretend to be characters. Yeah. <laughs> and particularly in your case, it's it's not so much pretending to be characters. It was mostly, for a long time, pretending to be like the most psychopathic killers in comic books, really. Like. Yeah. Uh huh. I've mostly associated with villains for the longest time. I think, actually, it, it kind of caused a bit of a stir. When I picked up Commissioner Gordon because it was the first um, non-villain I played. Now I tell you, I played Nick Fury briefly in the Ultimate Marvel RPG, although he was pretty much a villain in his own right because he was so horrible. Um, but yeah, my first character was Bullseye, and although yeah he was a villain, I actually tried quite a lot to humanise Bullseye, and I think that was where I kind of first kind of found my niche in the games, and I started like you know to sort of stand out as a you know, writer, because I had Bullseye, um, and I kind of made him human, and I made, like, while there was a lot of a tendency towards people wanting to win fights and being invincible and strong, I always had Bullseye get his ass absolutely kicked in every battle, and I had him, like, carrying this big ever-increasing laundry list of injuries from fight to fight, you know, and that's what I kind of got most of my writing fodder for um, season one of Marvel, so I think it's a lot more fun to write somebody that's flawed and has been in season someone that's going to win every fight. And I think like when other people started to realise that, that's when you got the shift in the games towards being like an RPG where people are based around fights and who could win a fight and more being around let's see how we can tell a story. Yeah, so in a lot of ways you, you helped shape what the RPGs eventually became. Yeah, I, I think I'd like to single-handedly take care of it. <laughs> yeah, you son of a bitch. I knew it was going to happen. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's what we actually call the hype RPGs, you know. <laughs> the, the, like the house that John built, you know, the house that Kaiser Rosie built. Um, <laughs> you mentioned Bullseye, there's someone else I want to talk about, and as, as good as you've done Bullseye, it seems like uh, your name has been sort of synonymous over the past few years, or more than the past few years, with uh, the Joker, and that's a character you played pretty much through just about every season uh, yeah. of the DC uh, RPG World of Heroes, and it, what was it about that character that you stayed with it so long, as long as you did? I mean, the guy even made, you even made like a cameo in the last season when he was supposed to be dead, so uh, <laughs> what was it about just, was it just, was it something there already from the comics that you liked, or was it maybe doing something your own and building upon what the comics did that helped you uh, want to do all this with that one character? The interesting thing is I almost never played the Joker. Um, I had someone, I think it was another Departed member, Nixon Bat, had been reading my posts in Marvel. And by that point, um, I wasn't really reading comics regularly, Marvel or DC. And if I was reading Marvel, it was the occasional book. Like I picked up Bullseye Greatest Hits and a couple of other things. But I wasn't really a regular comic reader. Um, and what I did read was Marvel, um, and uh, Nixon Bat um, contacted me, um, he said, oh, I've been reading some of your stuff in Marvel, have you thought of trying DC? And I said, well, I'm not really uh, much of a DC fan, you know, I like Batman, um, I might uh, look into it a bit more. So, I'd kind of, at first I was going to kind of consider playing Raz al Ghul, and this was how our paths first crossed, Master Bruce. It was actually your fault I played the Joker because I was I had I'd, I'd written an application out for Raz Al Ghul, and then uh, you contacted me and said, you know, could you hold off and applying for Raz Al Ghul because I'm using them in a story right now. You were playing Nightwing. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> so, I, was, I had Nightwing yeah. uh, kidnapped by what was supposed to be Rachel Ghoul in, in yes, quotations. Yes, I'm using the movie pronunciation, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but he actually turned out to be Clayface, so looking back, it's like it was even more pointless for me to contact <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, and then, like, you know, so my backup choice after Rachel Ghoul was Commissioner Gordon, um, and I think Commissioner Gordon got vetoed as well, because at that point they said Commissioner Gordon's basically an NPC, he's not really a hero or a villain, so you can't play him. So by this point, I was kind of thinking, oh, who am I going to play then? And then, by convenient timing, Spike was just dropping the Joker. And I thought, yeah, the Joker, I could maybe have some fun with that. And the Joker is a character that I'd long, like, you know, I'm going back to, like, Jack Nicholson and Batman, you know, and, like, the animated series, that was one of my favourite Batman villains. Interesting enough, not always my absolute number one, but a long time, Two-Face was my number one villain, but... I still really liked the Joker, um, and it was a character that even after I'd crossed over to be more of a Marvel fan, like, you know, I still had really saw the appeal of the Joker. So I thought, yeah, I'll give it a try. Um, so I picked up the Joker in the DCRPG, kind of wrote my introduction post, and then his research, like, went out and picked up off the shelves in my comic book store, The Long Halloween and The Killing Joke, and that pretty much changed me into a DC fan and started me buying DC books and ultimately started me buying Comics Monthly again. So you can actually thank for picking up the Joker for um, becoming a comics fan again. So actually, by default, you could almost say that it's thanks to Master Bruce that my entire career and my entire life has shaped it the way it has because it was thanks to him making me pick the Joker that I got back into comics, which got me into comics writing. So it's the butterfly effect. You, you changed my life, thank you. <laughs> um, don't don't give him any credit. I mean, I've I've told you this. First, you take credit from the, now. Pretty much, it's going to be where it is that they're going to rename it after him because he's going to take credit for you taking credit. So, <laughs> well, so, uh, yeah, like, I just the, want the, the one royalty the, check, okay? Yeah, That's... I'll do once. Once I have my first million, you know. I'll just give you <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but the thing that the joke is, like when I started it off, that. There was a kind of like big arc going on with the Dark Alliance at the time, which was a big group of villains, and he kind of said, yeah, Joker's not really going to fit into this, bad timing story. So I kind of had to just come up with and do my own thing. 
So I came up with like, you know, one of the early kind of like solo arcs of the RPG, which was um the whole elaborate storyline because because something I'd inherited, I didn't do this myself, but what I'd inherited from the game the previous player was the Joker discovered Batman's secret identity and then no one had done anything with it. So I thought I'll try and build like from my idea of the ultimate Joker story around this idea. So I kind of I think this was an early example of like crafting entire stories from beginning to end and pulling it out with JRK who was playing Batman at the time. And um we brought in I think Karen Knight who was playing Harvey Dent. Um just like trying to craft this kind of like quite ambitious story, which I'm still really proud of and I still think it's one of the best things we've ever written in the RPGs. And I actually remade it as a fanfic in fanfiction.com. It's called The Laughing Game over there. So you should check that out. Um, I'll try and post a link at some point. <laughs> um, well, we don't we don't do links here, so you should have a look. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> I just I, I just kind of subliminally like inject the link in people's heads. But, so yeah, like you know, that, and then from there, like you know, I'd had a fun season to you know you know playing the Joker, and I just decided to stick around after that and keep on doing stuff. And although there was some seasons where I felt the Joker didn't really do much at all, and I was kind of coasting. You know, I was always having fun, you know, with the character, which is why I ended up playing them for, what, a total of six, seven years? Um, 2005 to 2011. Yes, seven, seven years, yeah. Most probably I, early 2005. I would say out yeah. of an RPG that lasted nine seasons, you played in probably eight of them. Yes, I picked them up in halfway through season two. Yeah. A little before halfway through season two. Mentioning the Joker made me think about something. Uh, something else you were kind of behind was uh, the mind fuck that was Project uh, Icarus, and oh, leading yeah. up till see season six of, of the RPG or the start of season six, and I remember it had everybody confused about what the hell this was, and then had, I remember there was one guy who thought it was going to be the next nine eleven. I the terrorist Yeah. Boards and it was, that was the best thing that could have happened with that because um, it was just like a stupid little viral marketing thing for the RPGs. Because that guy took it so seriously, suddenly the mods were involved and they were all like reporting it in like the community boards and it actually got a lot of attention, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because I remember just, you know, that him flipping out, everybody flipping out because we weren't really, I, I knew it was probably something RPG related, but I had no idea exactly what it was until uh i think i was in on it later but not at the time i had no idea what was going on but i can't yeah. remember who was in on it if it was just me if i had i'm sure i had a couple of co-conspirators well i mean um, i knew like i think you finally told me like when yeah i think i had to because you were running the rpg yeah <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah, I, like, just i remember freaking out i i just remember someone actually i think it was asteroid man yeah was asteroid a, man went crazy he i think he literally was going to call the police. Yeah, he said he'll call the police on me. And I had to pull, I can't remember. I, I, sadly, I was remaining in character at the time, you know, and I was trying to remain anonymous, so I couldn't post it. But he sent like a threatening PM to the Project Icarus account because I'm on to you. You think you can conquer me, but I'm as. <laughs> I can fly through the skies out of the strength of 100 men. And I was like. <laughs> And I was laughing my ass. I mean, it was so painful that I couldn't like share this with people. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> no. My asteroid will, will blast right through you and your corruption, sir. You know. <laughs> but speaking about Project Icarus, also made me think. Uh, you mentioned. I when you I just, were... And I said I should say that that whole season, season six of the DC RPG, I think, was the RPG's finest hour. Yeah. Everybody was just That's on what, Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I was about to ask you about that. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Jump in the gun, motherfucker. Um, sorry. But Project Gifters was related to the season six of the DC RPG, the Dark Alliance part two. You know, a lot of yeah. people called it. And that's what it was. Um, You mentioned when you first picked up Joker that the Dark Alliance was going on and... They said that Joker really wouldn't fit in with this, but when it come time for Dark Alliance 2, it was revealed that Joker was one of the masterminds behind the whole thing. Was that sort of your motivation for doing it? Because they, you know, cause it's been established in comics and everywhere else that you know Joker's supposed to be you know, someone who's not a team player. But yet, 
like I said, he was doing all this stuff. Was that sort of what made you want to try this or at least uh, attempt to to do a big arc like this? Uh, I'm trying to remember how exactly it formed. I can't remember if it was Johnny Blaze that contacted me saying that he wanted to do a sequel to The Dark Alliance and did I want to help him plot it out. And I, I think he approached me because by that point, like, you know, the Joker was like the most so, like, tenured villain in the RPG and he kind of like, you know, needed him to be a part of it. And what and the thing like the thing was with, see, with the original like Dark Alliance, it was a kind of collection of like quite obscure villains, you know, that they kind of gathered together. And this one, to try and make it seem bigger and better and more of a threat, he wanted to have the A-listers like Joker and Luther and Deathstroke and all of the big ones kind of uniting. So I think that was part of it. it. wasn't kind of like me thinking, oh, well, you left me out last time, so I'm going to get revenge and be in the middle of it all. I think it was more like, a, you know, just a sense of trying to create, you know, a believable scenario where these, like, A-list villains would all band together to try and take out the heroes. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, now that you mentioned it, I think I remember, I think he, me and him talked about doing something like that because from the previous season, season five, uh, I applied for Vandal Savage and... I didn't even do anything with it, but the whole reason I was applying was that later on down the line, you know, because he said something about a uh, a villain team. I didn't think it was going to be anything like that, and I didn't like I said I didn't really know anything like it till you divulged divulged it to me. Like in that next season, that that's what y'all were doing. But uh, like you said, that was season six. You know, it was pretty much a whole season long arc take away from maybe a few months at the beginning and a few months at the end, but. You said it was the finest, yeah, finest I mean, I, moment. Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, I could read just about every post by everybody in that, and everyone was just firing all cylinders, picking up other people's cues and crafting this amazing story where you could sit and read that from beginning to end and you'd be absolutely hooked. And just the way the story just kept on building and building, the nightmare just kept on getting worse. And you know, you got a sense of, like, you know, how are the good guys going to get out of this one, which you don't even get from a lot of, like, you know, proper, like, comic events. And I just thought, because the Dark Alliance within, like, the RPG had such, like, was so fondly remembered and had such, like, you know, power to the name of it, you wanted to make sure if you brought it back, it would be a big deal. So I think we kind of succeeded, like, you know, um, not just the Dark Alliance players, like all the heroes as well in terms of how they reacted to it. Just, like, you know, was a fine example of how the RPGs work at their best and why, like, it's so good a community to be a part of. Yeah, I think I think one of the best parts of the RPGs is the fact that you can take the comic book characters as they are in the books and then just completely turn them on their head just through progressive changes and big like almost these big sweeping events that no one would dare to do in the actual comics like i mean the parasite of the comics wishes it was as great as spike writes them yeah and actually that's what i was getting to is that your joker like just did some of the ballsiest things in terms of his just his uh his rivalry with batman like he made it much more personal than it had ever been in the comic books, to the point that he actually, you actually got to be the one to kill Alfred, which, oh, yeah. which like no one would, no one would have even dreamed of doing. I don't think. And yeah, that was the good old days where we just kill people left and right in the early seasons, and then we can get it and try to run. Yeah, yeah, but I still remember it because it was just such a finely crafted moment between you and JRK or yeah. JKR. Or, I forget what it was. JRK. Yeah. Dark Knight JRK. Yeah, I mean, that was like a decision to do. Visit. Right from the get-go, I had the idea that it was joke. I think the whole setup was it was jokes based around irony and, like, you know, like the punchline. And, you know, and the punchline I had right from the idea was that he killed Alfred and it was on Father's Day. Um, and that was kind of like the starting point of the whole arc, and I worked backwards from there. And yeah, like I said, I, do, I did kind of regret it later on. I think Batman's missing something without Alfred. So that's what we ended up bringing him back eventually in a later season. But yeah, I mean, I did, I did take Joker kind of like to quite crazy places. And um, that last post I written was, I wrote um, for Birdman's last season was um, almost kind of like a comment on how I'd written myself into a corner a bit. Because... 
Like, once you've done so many kind of crazy climactic storylines, you know, the, the final battle, it's hard to then keep on doing more, and it almost feels like you're in danger of diminishing returns. And see, I think that was part of my problem as well, one of my weaknesses, like, you know, because, like, it was so crazy, some of the stuff I did, like, you just couldn't follow it, which is a bit of a downside, I guess. Uh, yeah, I remember reading that, because I think there's, like, a line in there where he says something about, you know, once Batman died, that was pretty much it for him. Yeah. yeah, the thrill was gone. I think. Yeah, I mean, like that—that that was one of the things as well. Because one point, one thing that was quite important to me was, Bullseye was the character that humanized and made sympathetic, even though he's not sympathetic in the comics. I tried to rehumanize and make him a relatable human being and almost likable. The Joker, when I picked him up, I thought, I'm not going to do that for the Joker. I'm not going to make any concessions to humanity. I'm just going to make him an absolute monster and see how far and how detailed and nuanced a portrayal I can give to someone who's totally one note and just absolutely evil and devoid of any redeeming qualities. And I kind of lost that a bit when I started making the Joker upset and like crying and wanting to bring Batman back. But I do think it kind of worked in the, con- in the context of the character, though. Yeah, speaking of which, and as far as like how utterly detestable you made him, I think there's one moment that kind of stands out as your infamous <laughs> sort of... Oh, uh, uh, yeah. The banana phone saga. And I say <laughs> saga because it didn't end with one post. It actually... <laughs> it was... <laughs> First I, of all, I, I, I enjoyed the spring-loaded coffin sequence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's where that's where it, I think reached like the height of its just depravity. Like you were almost <laughs> you were almost like celebrating like just the total like carnage and darkest like moments in humanity that could ever be <laughs> conjured up. Like it seems all of my Joker stuff, like you know. It actually happened by accident, that thing, because I, I was trying to do a story with whoever was playing Robin at the time, and I had him, I had the Joker kidnap a bunch of school kids, and then I waited for a week to Robin for Robin to post and rescue them, and eventually I posted no OOC saying, um, right, Robin, if you don't you know post the next day, I'm just going to kill all these kids, <laughs> thinking, oh, no, reply, still didn't reply. So <laughs> I just thought, like, well, no, fuck it, I'm killing all the kids. And then, and then I came up with that, that the, the banana phone post, which got a good response. So then I thought, how far can I push this? And I wanted to write something that I thought the Joker would find funny. <laughs> um, so as horrible and, like, in sort of, like, soul-crushing as it was, I came up with this idea, like, you know, the spring-loaded coffins and all of the, the, this kind of, like, show, this, like, dignified show of grief descending into, like, lunacy and people, like, slipping up in body parts and, you know, pratfalls and stampeding and, you know, having great like, body parts <laughs> hanging from chandeliers, you know, and see, see if I could toe the line of being, like, absolutely horrific, but daring you to laugh at the same time. <laughs> I mean... I for, I, for one, found it hilarious. So. <laughs> I'm glad. I mean, I... That was, like, the general reaction. Like, people actually did laugh at that post, even though it was, like, the most horrifying. I do remember a couple of people, was it, was it Twilight, or a couple of other people said, that is terrible, you should be ashamed of yourself, but um, a lot of people did think it was funny, which was good. <laughs> if it gets a reaction, then it's working. That's what I always said. Yeah. One thing, too, I wanted to shift back to, I guess, to Bullseye, since we were talking about, you mentioned him earlier, but you actually had him go through... A pretty interesting arc uh, towards the later part of your run where he ended up with the brain tumor. Oh, yeah. That was my season two arc, um, which, which was based on, um, in Bullseye Greatest Hits, came with this idea that his tumor was back. So I worked that into the continuity of the RPGs. Then it turned out later on in Bullseye Greatest Hits that he was only pretending to have the tumor back and it wasn't <laughs> back after all. But I still just worked with the idea that his tumor was still there. And yeah, I thought it'd be an interesting idea to pursue, like, you know, that he's dying and, you know, what is this awful person who has no humanity? Like, you know, how does he react to that? Does he, does he find humanity, like, when he's in this position? You know, was he, was he, does he regret his choices in life? And I thought it'd be an interesting arc to take, like, you know, ostensibly a one note evil villain on. And there was, there was, there was no, ah, I can hear myself. Hold on. That's freaky. All right. Um, there it goes. Echo, echo, echo. Um. Anyway, there was another uh, bullseye arc I thought about as well. Uh, what was I can't remember exactly the name, but like you had it. Like there was this new hero in Lazarus. Marvel. Lazarus, yeah, in the Marvel RPG. Uh, yeah, isn't it crazy that we came up with this idea of bullseye becoming a government-sponsored hero and pretending to be a superhero a good couple of years before Dark Avengers? 
<laughs> yeah. That... I think, yeah, somebody's been reading the RPGs. <laughs> <laughs> Yet another evidence that they've been stealing from us. I think, I think that's the end of the downturn of the RPGs was when the comics went from copying us to us copying the comics. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. But I don't know. I'm one of the later guys, so that was kind of something yeah. that happened a little bit when I was around. So you mentioned Bullseye working as a government agent. That was actually interesting uh, story art involving the wise men. Yeah, I remember. I really, I really enjoyed the wise men stuff. I don't think I, one of my regrets of RPG is that I never did as much for those characters as I wanted to. Because it was part of the whole disastrous Civil War storyline. And I came up with this idea of, like, Trevor, who was this, who was my, one of my favourite NPCs I've ever written, where it was this pure menacing, mysterious guy who was called Trevor. You know what I mean? You know? Um, and he was, like, the guy that, you know, the part of this group of the wise men that had been, like, you know, running presidents and controlling the country, you know, behind, you know, and they were kind of manipulating Tony Stark and, you know, crafted him into position of being the president so they could then manipulate him into triggering Civil War. But then, you know, Red X was kind of sporadic with his posting and, you know, there was a yeah, the Civil War was a fucking fiasco. And then, like, we had a lot of, like, you know, kind of disagreements over the portrayal of, like, you know, um, the wise men, where when the whole part when Tony starts disgraced and he loses his presidency and he starts kind of announcing on the news, you know, it was a guy called Trevor, and, like, and that's the only thing I know about him. His name's Trevor. Um, we try and find him, you know, he's behind us, he can have the answers. And then my last post was going to be, you see the wise men watching at their control centre and Trevor, who's just middle management, is talking to one of the senior partners who you never see and he says, well, good thing my name isn't actually Trevor. And that was going to be the last time you ever see them. But then, like, but then, like, you know, in the next season, you know, Red X wanted resolution, so he kind of had Tony Stark, like, find the wise men's base and beat them, you know. He punched them to death. Yeah, you know, which kind of defeated the purpose, I think, of the characters, but... Yeah, it's a shame I never really did more with that idea because I quite liked it. Yeah, the, just that idea sounds cool, but you know, some people I've argued with some people online, but I seem to be in favor of more morally gray, ambiguous stuff, and I've been told that that opinion is worth shit. So um, <laughs> you're worth shit. I'm sorry that I like to have a little bit of that in stories, but you know, that's just that's me. Like doubt. Yeah, exactly. Um. I guess we've talked a little bit, or well, we've talked more than enough about Joker and Bulls. I guess I'll uh, go on and ask you some of those base questions I like to ask. Uh, other than Joker and uh, Bullseye, what has been the character that you've enjoyed playing the most? I have to say um, Harvey Dent um, in one Oh, yeah. Um, that was really kind of meticulous, like, you know... A plot of that where it took two whole seasons to try like and gradually um turn them into two face and i wanted to make it the most kind of like you know credible nuanced like descent into madness that you could you know imagine i wanted to really try and get into the character of harvey dead and make it like you know you really do genuinely feel upset about the loss of that character while at the same time understanding why he became two face and again another rpg regret of mine is that I took it as far as in becoming Two Face, and then I dropped the character afterwards. I never like played him as Two Face, really, apart from like, for a single post. Yeah. So we'd have liked to have carried that on for a season, especially as you were doing some such good stuff with Two Face, you know, as you know, an, an NPC. I would have really liked to have had the time to um, do that justice, but the way things worked out, um, I never did. But yeah, I really, I really loved playing Harvey Dent. That was a real highlight for me. I'm trying to think what else. I quite liked, although I didn't play him as much, I quite liked playing Green Lantern and some of like, the crazy stuff I put Hal through, um, which was quite fun as well. I wanted to say the uh, Harvey Dan arc you were talking about in One Universe, I, I enjoyed that. It, you know, it was one of my favorite uh, arcs to take part in, like a multiple with a bunch of PCs. Uh, yeah. I, got to, I had fun playing that through. Uh, I got to see things through, well, play through uh, Jim Gordon as well as Daredevil and... Just, you know, it was, I had fun taking part in it. I also had fun uh, reading it and just, you know, like you said, just it, all that build up and build up and build up. Just the pay, the payoff was, was worth it. 
Yeah. Again, that was an example of me having the last post in my head right from the beginning. It was so hard having that whole bit. Because like, right from the beginning, I knew it was going to end with Gilda walking into the ocean. And it's like, farewell, my Apollo was the last line. And I had that in my head, like, you know, for about a year, two years before I finally actually wrote it, you know. <laughs> um, so it was almost like a relief by the time I finally got to this figure and turn them into Two-Face. Uh, yeah, I, I like, as much as I like the post, my, probably my favourite was the actual one where he ends up getting scarred by Maroney. The, you, could you see it through all the different people's perspectives? Oh, yeah, and you keep flashing back, back, flashing forward. Yeah, I enjoyed that as well. And it was weird. I never in a million years thought I would spend a big chunk of a season playing Sal Maroney. But I kind of had to do it out of necessity that season. Yeah, even though you ripped off the shield a little bit. But I can't say nothing because yeah, I, mean, I, I was, the same. So. I was, I'm so annoyed at you because... Before, I was the only person I knew that watched The Shield, so I thought, right, I'm going to use this scene. It's too good not to use. And then, you know, it turned out there was one other person that watched The Shield. So. Well, I'll, I'll link you to a post later, and I'll show you how much of a thief I am. I ripped off a scene probably just as bad as you did. So. <laughs> just from The Wire? That's forgivable from The Wire. Yeah. That's fine. Um, as, as long as we're uh, reminiscing and, and, you know, kissing butt, and all that. I actually, there is one moment that I did mention in my interview that I want to touch back on. It's uh, like you said before, uh, Bullseye had developed this tumor in season two of the Marvel RPG, but you actually had him uh, develop like a family. And was it a wife or a girlfriend? Oh, yeah, he had a girlfriend. Um, I, don't think, I don't think he ever married her, but, yeah, it was a girlfriend and she had, like, a child or something. No, 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 it was Bullseye's child, like, you know, because it was, like, a one-night stand. It turned out she said she was pregnant. So, um, yeah, she was pregnant with his baby. I can't remember if they had the baby or if it was, you know, yeah, I think, I think she did have the baby, actually, but, yeah, and he said he was going to start living with her. Yeah, because I I think you had Bullseye send the kid off with his brother. Yeah, that was what happened, you're right, so he did have the kid. And at the time, I was the one that was playing Daredevil in that RPG, and we sort of went on to this thing where Daredevil inadvertently uh, causes him to go back to villainy, and yeah. we did sort of the final, we did like this really long-winded final battle between them, which it was a, like it was a really sort of cat and mouse game between Daredevil and Bullseye, where uh, Bullseye ended up killing Foggy Nelson. Um, I love killing, like, you know, cherished characters, you know. Mary Jane, Alfred, Foggy Nelson, all dropping like five. <laughs> it, You're just a bastard. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was to this day, even many years later after we've done it, it's still one of the finest things I've ever done on an RPG. I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. So I'm, I'm just grateful yeah. that we got to do that. Yeah, I think, like, what was it like, you know, where, um, Daredevil accidentally kills um, Bullseye's girlfriend. It's kind of like a karmic justice, his revenge for like the murders of Electra and Karen Page. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. He, he actually threw his billy club trying to stop Bullseye, and he actually uh, struck her like in the head or something. Yeah, and it like broke her neck or something. Yeah, nice. Did so... he go wah wah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I almost forgot about that. That was a brilliant one. That's one of the first times you really worked together at length, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I... That was... I think that was, like, the real big break I got in the RPG role because that was the big... That was the first taste I ever got of, like, really working with someone and hatching out pretty much every detail because we would spend a long time just... Yeah, back and forth in PMs, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was great. But, um... I, I guess... The next question is uh, the best multiple PC arc that you enjoyed the most, um, not counting Dark Alliance 2, of course. Um, that's tricky. I really enjoyed that trace being forgotten now, but the Unity arc of Season 3 of the DC RPG, that was Spike's baby, and it was, again, masterfully plotted, really unique villain. Um, and... And the Joker was kind of on the sidelines of it, but had an interesting part to play. 
And yeah, and again, it was an example of everyone really clicking and working well together and playing off each other. Um, I really enjoyed that. And also, it's a small, it's not really much of an arc, so much of an arc as it is like a scene. But one of the, another like RPG finest ever was season one of the One Universe RPG, the infamous dinner party with all, at Oliver Queen's house, where like all these characters were interacting for the first time. And I was let's with her. And we had all of like, you know, the big names of the RPGs all playing characters, not interacting and making small talk. And it was really, you know, fun. I thought they enjoyed that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Hulk, you know, burst in and he had to run everything. Yeah, like, and, and that, that, was my, that was my favorite touches I put in with Lex Luthor in that, where I had Lex Luthor instinctively put himself in front of Dinah Lance to protect her. You know, always thought he really showed that looking at Luthor isn't all bad, you know? Yeah. But he capped a feel while he was doing that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about uh, your favorite multi PC art that you didn't take part in? Do you, do you, can you have any well, of those but- you can think of? Probably the one, the the first Dark Alliance art that I wasn't part of, that was really great in its own right as well. And I loved some of the stuff you did um, with, you know, the GCPD in my absence, you know, once Harvey Dent bowed out, um, stuff you did as a solo, like, um, not a multi-PC. Um, well, it was multi-NPCs. Multi oh, yeah, I guess. I think, so I think it was like 30 different damn characters. I sort of, yeah. I sort of <laughs> got lost. That was pretty, like, you know, immersive. Um, and I enjoyed some of the stuff uh, against the solo arc again, I'm rubbish, like, you know, the Sensei did with the Flash in one universe. But yeah, like, you know, and although it kind of ended in a horrible note, <laughs> for certain nostalgic purposes, I'm still fond of Darkseid invades <laughs> New York City in one universe, season one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just because of the, the OC drama involved. Yeah, yeah that, uh, was... that actually reminds me. I, I, I want to talk. To, I just thought about it, but uh, I don't know if you want to say anything about it. But I remember we were talking about Civil War earlier. But the big um, OOC mess that happened uh, leading up to Civil War with uh, Nick Fury and Librarian Thorn. I know you. If 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 we could do it, I'd, I'd nominate that for like best post. But you, I, I'm from so that has been deleted by like you know, when the you know when the OOC threads got cleansed or purged. Well, I think it, it's probably there somewhere because it's in the archives now. Oh, is it stuck? Because I thought we lost the OOC threads. No, no I don't no. think so. No, they're in the archives. All right, for okay. sure. So yeah, you. That's preserved for posterity. But um, yeah, like see, I like you know at that point I was still fairly new and I didn't know. About all this stuff that went on before, like you were talking about with Darkseid and other things. And so, even though I didn't know anything else, I remember reading that and I was like, oh my god, you know, this is probably one of the best things I've read on the internet. I think, Mike, because believe it or not, like, you know, before you came along, Bird, and did it so much better than me, I was the guy that was kind of like the grumpy, mean one that took a couple people down to size if they misbehaved, you know? <laughs> but then, then you took over and I did it much better, so I became the mild man, quiet one. <laughs> I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, because for a long time, I thought of you like sort of. Almost like the the Jesus figure of of the RPGs. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! Self is Jesus as well, you know. Yeah. You don't need to stroke his ego no more. But uh, <laughs> but I just remember reading that post where you were tearing uh, Librarian Thorn a new one, and it was just like such a shock because I didn't like I would never have thought in a million years because you were always so kind and courteous to me. Like I would have never thought in a million years that you would lose your temper like just like that because it was like a this post was like literally. I don't. I don't think it was like just like that. I think it was something honest, that had been thing, It seems like it was out of nowhere, and and it was a bit of like the screen of the straw that broke the camel's back because he told me to go fuck myself in the OOC, and I was replying to that. Um, but the real reason why, like you know, it seemed like the slightest provocation brought that rant was because um, Twilight, you know, like wasn't want to make it public, but she was actually really upset and she wasn't posting at the time because Librarian Thorn was like bombarding her PMs with like, you know, abusive messages, like to, you know, you know, trashing her, like making sexist comments, pure degrading, like, you know, because of like, her southern heritage, calling her white trash and like, you know, and oh, talking about her no. background and like, you know, and was being a real fucking scumbag and hearing about this and being told, don't bring it up and don't do anything about it, it was making me so fucking angry. So the slightest provocation was enough to just unload the guy. 
Well, it's a good thing I didn't know nothing about none, about none of that because I probably would have stabbed the motherfucker in the face. Um, for, for, <laughs> oh, that's for just that me. Librarian Thorn. Um, he was a guy who loved. He was a great writer, like really top class as a writer. Like his plotting, his characterization, you know, his style. He was like in terms of his writing talent, he was one of the best in the RPGs. But as a human being, he kind of fucking sucked. Um, yeah. and he had very specific ideas of what he wanted from arcs and how much control he wanted over them and, this, and if he didn't like something it wasn't enough for him to just not take part in it he wanted to go out of his way to sabotage it you know so he'd insist he'd be a part of it and then really ruin it you know or be really belligerent and like you know making other characters look bad and I talked earlier about how for some people like you know the RPG became more about um just having fun with the characters rather than like winning fights. But Librarian Thorn was always about winning fights and like ensuring like, you know, even when he was playing Dark Side and Reed Richards, you know, was determined to like, you know, at the end of the day, saves the day, like, no, that's the way well Dark Side would win. And like, you know, and he just has like Dark Side vaporize, you know, Reed Richards and kill him and destroy the world, you know. And because that person was ignored, they threw a tantrum, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I understand what you're saying. He was he was a good writer, but he really wasn't worth the headaches in. I think you and I... I'm sick of this pattern of... And I'd actually fallen out with, like, a Sparta, if you're listening out there anywhere. I apologise humbly for <laughs> giving you a hard time um, and defending Librarian Thorn. And, you know, before I knew what his games were, I, I really, I kind of, like, said, this is like, you Sparta, you know, for not cooperating with Librarian Thorn. And... I fucking regret that because Sparta was a nice guy and that kind of put him off ever playing in the RPGs again like you know the argument with Librarian Thorn over Darkside and um, Reed Richards but yeah it was, it was this trend in the RPGs that had been going on for years where Librarian Thorn would throw a tantrum about some petty bullshit um, about not liking the way his character was going or not being allowed to choose a fucking Transformer for the Marvel RPG or something like that and then everybody would rush to try and calm him down. He'd try to say, I quit the games, and he'd leave. And everyone would PM him or say, please come back. Like, we're sorry, we're trying to accommodate him. And he'd go, well, okay then. And he'd graciously come back, you know, being given what he wanted. And I was just really sick of it. And the frustration was building and building and building. And then on top of you know, the way he was treating Twilight, I just thought, no, screw this. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm just going to tell my thoughts. And I did. Yeah, it's, I think it's pretty good thing that maybe i wasn't there when all this was going down so or maybe it was a bad thing i don't know anyway if you'd been there it would have been nipped in the bud a lot sooner i think <laughs> no if, if he would have shown up it would have he just would have been a pussy about it yeah <laughs> hey you know what <laughs> speaking of uh posters that you didn't like working with how about posters that you did like working with like what are some of the best players that you've ever worked with in the games like what are the standouts with them all they all suck again another guy who doesn't really play in the boards anymore and for more recent players like you might think well, what was the big deal about this guy because you only ever seem to post briefly then like vanish. yeah i know you motherfucker you... but electro uk is still perhaps my all-time favorite collaborator um such an enthusiastic player. Um, he was like another guy that was there right from the beginning um, of the Marvel RPG. Um, I really enjoyed playing with him. We'd bounce back and forth. He was, he was one of the first like people I added on MSN like from the hype. And we'd just spend like, you know, hours plotting out stuff and working together. And I, I kind of forgot an element of the season two of the Marvel RPG. Like the, the cancer storyline was his friendship with Electro during that. Bullseye's friendship with Electro. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed working with Electro UK. He was a great writer. Um, of course, I love working with um, you, Bird, and you, MB. You're both like really talented writers, and you know, you've you know, forced me to bring my A game, and you both got a good mind for plotting. Um, and so I know you two are the, two the first guys I always go to when I have an idea for a big storyline I want to work out. Um, and the fact that you're both kind of like Batverse fans kind of works as well in terms of complementary characters. Um, yeah. your your check is well, mail. Yeah, you you don't need to say anything else. You've mentioned this, so I think that's all you need to do. <laughs> Just cancel now, close off. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many. You're really spoiled for choice. The amount of good writers we've got in the RPG. I mean, just like you know, Harlequin. You know, he's an amazing writer. Um, who sadly doesn't post as much anymore. 
Um, you've got Wigobo, he's a genius, another great plotter. Um, I think actually underrated as a writer. Um, in spite of the you know all the claim with this guy, he doesn't get enough. He's great. Um, Super Ferret, Johnny Blaze, you know Spike, Twilight. There's so many good writers now, and this is the thing that um I just want to say about the hype and the community of the hype. You know, it's a great community of talented writers, and I became friends with you guys and. I think being in that community of writers um, is really what I think I give it so much credit for helping me improve as a writer and a storyteller. Like, you know, because I think, like, I'm not sure if I would be um, writing now if it wasn't for how much enthusiasm and passion I got for writing through taking part in the RPGs and being a part of this community. And I've been in, like, EFEDs, you know, and, like, which is like wrestling RPGs and things in the past which were so, you know, just sank and totally overwhelmed by drama and politics and backbiting and everyone being at each other's throats. So it's easy to take for granted what a community that's drama-free and everyone gets on and everyone's supportive of each other, how rare that actually is in the RPG community. But we've got it, you know, and it's a great community, guys and girls. Yeah, at least we save all our uh, gasping and backbiting and... uh slamming for off the boards we do that on msn yeah (laughs) (laughs) but um well on the flip side of that what's has there been any rpers you've wanted to work with and like you never got a chance to uh that's actually a good question i'm sure there's a, a couple people i could think of well to be honest i mentioned twilight but we've never really worked together at length because when she was at our peak posting times, like season two, three, four of DC, we were kind of like, you know, briefly interlapping, but not always like, you know, fully engaged and working with each other. And then like when I became more to the forefront, like Twy wasn't posting as much. Trusty sidekick I've worked with sometimes, but again, like, you know, we've not really worked with each other at length. You know, I've had the occasional arc. Um, but to be honest, when you've been like around as like, you know, long as I have, like, you know, you've played at some point in pretty much everyone. Um, this is like I'm having, this is like I'm calling myself a whore, but I'm just yeah. like, you know. <laughs> um, oh, and I, I know a guy, um, Bounce, um, who's quite a new mm. player. Um, I've not really had much chance to interact with him, and he seems like a really talented guy. I'd love to do some stuff, like, especially since I'm playing Batman and he's Robin. I'd love to, like, you know, do some interactions with him. I'm sure there's some other people. Oh, Mad Rhapsody, um, who kind of jumps in and out of the RPGs. Um, I really had fun. Like, she was one of the, like, my favourite people to RPG with back in the E-Feds. And, like, you know, I'd like to be trying to do a bit of interaction with her in the setting of the RPGs. That may be quite fun. But, yeah, I'm sure I'll think of some people, like, afterwards that I should have mentioned, but no one's trying to mind right now. Well, as I said, you've mentioned this, so that's what's yeah. important. That's all that matters. <laughs> Checks in the mail. So what's the story arc that you've always wanted to do that you've never gotten the chance to? Well, actually, I've always wanted to play Batman. Um, I never found a chance. Well, now you got your chance. Yeah, no, I've got a chance now. I'm um, playing him now. Because for so many times, he was always a character that gets snapped up like that, usually by Master Bruce. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, credit, credit is where credit due. You, you actually got me uh, into it at one time, and I screwed it up. Yeah, I mean, you finally, after all the years, like, you know, of, you you know, you being the bridesmaid and never getting to play Batman in DC RPG, you finally got one. It was like, choke! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and you play them so well in other RPGs as well. But, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I'm really, I'm really interested that I finally got to play Batman. And, and I've been out of the RPGs for a year, pretty much. I mean, 2011, I hardly took part. And the only post I wrote, pretty much one best post of 2011. <laughs> so, <laughs> it goes to show you what the standards like since I left, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, like, so coming back, the, the only thing that was going to bring me back was the, the chance to finally play Batman. And I almost did do because I was that intimidated. I thought, I've wanted to do this for so long. What if I fuck it up? What if I can't do it? I mean, I'm still kind of worried I might do that. But for now, like, you know, I've got a big arc in mind and I'm really like excited to be playing that character. And I'm doing the thing I always wanted to do in the RPGs. So, yeah, I'm happy and excited. So just just know, though, that if you fuck it up, then it w- I won't take the character from you. I'll take your goddamn life. <laughs> okay, I'll keep that in mind. I'll take it under advisement. You mentioned Batman as being uh, the character you always want to play. Is there any other characters out there like you never oh, got no, to play that you maybe like to play? 
even now, right, like, you know, although I'm in a situation now where um, I've got my own writing projects on the go and I can't devote as much time to the RPGs anymore, uh, you know, I still, I'll be reading, like, you know, a comic with a character and I'll get this whole idea, oh, I'd love to play him in the RPGs and I'll start thinking up an art for him and I'll think, you know, John, can you do this? Do you actually devote time to this? It's going to end, you're going to start and never finish. Um, but yeah, I still like, you know, come out like, you know, I had an idea for Swamp Thing that I wanted to do. Um, like various Batman villains I want to try picking up. Even I might even try picking up a Batman villain for a brief arc somewhere, like, you know, one of the other RPGs, like, you know, Professor Pig. I'd like to try doing something with him or um, just like someone like that. Um, Hugo Strange, I came up with an idea for him at one point. Um, or like the Rogues as well. I'll never play Captain Cold briefly. I, mean, I think he's a character that I could maybe well, uh, it's funny you mentioned Captain Cold because he's actually available in the Ultimate DC RPG where I play the Flash. So. No, 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 no. Hey, if he's going to join Ultimate DC, uh, I think he mentioned Professor Pig, you know? No, shut the fuck up. Shut, shut the fuck up. All right, just be cool. All right. Yeah, bite over me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll scratch your eyes out, bitch. <laughs> Bring it on, um, Southerner. And then I do, I do get the occasional thing, like, you know, it might be fun to try create a hero and I'll have an idea and think, well, if I'm thinking of an idea for create a hero RPG, shouldn't I just write my own comic and create a hero in that, you know? Um, um, but... You mentioned that, and it's something funny. Uh, I think it was earlier this week I seen uh, on Facebook you posted uh, a little article that the guy who, who draws the standard for you, uh, Jonathan Richter, was doing, like, a live drawing session. Yeah, and uh, he was drawing. I, I watched some of it. He was drawing this character, the skunk, and yep. I, I tripped out because I remember the skunk. You the skunk started from, and they created. Yeah, uh huh. You you created him there, and I just thought that was a very surreal moment watching it. You know, this guy you created coming to life on a piece of paper for a comic book. I created that character. I only ever used him like in once in a couple of posts, and I think it was a point where the creative hero RPG kind of like you know almost died for a while, and everyone stopped posting. I kind of drifted away from it. Um. But I always liked the character and I thought there was something in that idea to come back. And I've changed his real name. He's not Walter Worthington Wagstaff anymore. He's, um, fuck, I forgot my own character's name. <laughs> that's um, good. Dwight, um, something scary. That's terrible. <laughs> I forgot my own character's name. That's, that's trash. He's not Wagstaff anymore anyway. So he's, he's got a different, slightly different origin. Um, no, actually, I think he's got a similar origin, but he's got a different role in the story. Um, but yeah, I thought the idea of the skunk was a great idea, like, you know, that was obvious for a villain, but I'd never really been used, so I wanted to use it. Um, and yeah, he's one of my favourite characters to write in the standard. Um, he's like a villain from, like, you know, the good old days, like, you know, when he's seen the flashback, you know. And this is a bit of a spoiler for my comic, the standard, the standardcomic.com. Um, <laughs> but, like, and I, like his, his role in the story is um, Dwight Dowalski, that's his name. There you um, go. Dwight Dawalski, um, like, in the present day, is a reformed supervillain who's did his time in prison, and now, like, he, he has a career, like, um, helping, like, you know, reformed um, villains. He's kind of like a social worker. Yeah, like, helping them, like, once they come out of prison, like, you know, you know, get a new start in life, and free from, like, crime. So, like, you know, he sets them up with gigs on, and there's, there's a line where he says, like, I got the gobbler, I gig on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like, so you know, that's the basic role he plays. Like you know, um, and in, in the past, obviously, he had this idea like he's a flamboyant supervillain. That's coming up in issue three. It is one of my favourite sequences I've ever wrote. It's a two-page conversation between the skunk and the standard, where I fit like as many stink-based puns as I can. Yeah. <laughs> like you knows me too well, standard. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, nice. so that was the skunk. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because you've you've had your hands in the RPG section for so long that, and now you you moved on to other things and it's kind of a weird like channel of a rise to stardom sort of thing, which which is kind of, I mean, is it giving you too much credit? Do you think or giving you yes too little credit? But it's interesting because you came from such humble beginnings, I guess you could say. And now you've pioneered it into something that's really tangible, and th- this could like really be something like a career for you. I'd like it to be, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's how it is yet. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I tell you, if, if I ever win an Eisner 
the tight basements get mentioned in my acceptance speech. <laughs> but, um, like, yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, you know, even if it doesn't become a career, like, and nothing ever comes of it, like, I just love telling stories. I don't think there's any medium that's better for telling stories in the world of comics where anything's possible. Um, and you can do any kind of story. And, you know, that's true in the hype as well, like, you know, in, a, in a, such a great collaborative environment um, and in such a great cast of characters to choose from in the world of comics and I get people to see people do their own thing with it. And I, I kind of regret not being more a part of the community these days, you know, than I used to be. And I still think, like, if I could find, like, an, a shred of time amongst all the other stuff I'm doing, I'd love to try and get more involved in the RPGs again because I always want to be part of this community and, you know, and you no know, involved with you guys, you know, it's a great circle of friends, a great circle of writers to be a part of, and yeah, like, you know, uh, oh, the basement, everything, and I love the basement, and always will. Oh, oh, who are you kidding? You've you've gotten too good for us. <laughs> yeah, I know, I was just being modest. <laughs> uh, well, I guess the question I wanted to ask was, uh, I guess, I mean, this, apply, this is something I wanted to ask everybody, and it applies with you, maybe some more, than it is uh, some other folks, but like, what is some of your processes and some of your influences when it comes to writing not only RPG stuff but also now with you writing comic book stuff? Like, how how do you get into your mindset and what is it that inspires you to keep doing this? Um, I see a movie or I read a comic, think how can I steal that idea? <laughs> um. No, it's like basically. Um, I mean, I, I, I've always loved like telling stories, you know, and writing and creating characters, and it's always something I loved to do. Even when I was a kid, like scribbling and like lining paper and telling stories, and that and this is just an extension of that. And yeah, like you know, I think it's just something like when you know when that's in your mindset, you know, it's always it's always going to be there, like an itch when you want to tell a story with somebody, um, and. The basement is just a perfect breeding ground for it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of, you want like, in terms of nuts and bolts, in terms of how, like, you know, I, I write, um, or is just, like, a general question of, like, why do you write? Well, like, like, what is it that helps you? Uh, like, when you get ready to write something, like, what's your process? Like, how do you get ready to do it? You know, because people do it differently. Some people need to be listening to music. They need to be sitting a certain way. And yeah, they need to be doing something. Some people can just sit down and bang, go. To be honest, I've never because some people say you just close your eyes and you know the muse takes you and carries you through. That's that doesn't happen for me. Like if I'm writing something, I need to have it plotted out. Like you know, um, for 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 a comic script, you know, I'll have um an issue plan to start, and then I'll break it down a page by page plan. Um. You know, and then I'll have like a panel plan where I bullet point what's going to happen in each panel, and then once it's really detailed plan, like I just like start um, writing it from there into the actual script. And even at that point, I'll just write in like the panel descriptions, and I'll put blah blah and set line later on. You know, and it's really kind of technical nuts and bolts. Um, for um, the like a, a prose piece, like the hypothesis again, I have the basic idea of what I want to do in mind when I start it. And it's just a matter of like getting into the mindset of the character and thinking like what are the key points I want to get across in this um, piece. And a way I think doing debate in school helped me with that because like there's a lot of like you know arguments about structure and setting up and bringing it full circle at the end. And excuse me. <coughs> um, so like start like you know setting up a point at the beginning and bringing it full circle by the end and signposting and. You know, repeating, you know, repetition can build, you know, your case. And that actually applies to fiction as well, I think, a lot of the time. Like, using those techniques, you know, can help. Like, simple things like, you know, repeating a line or short paragraphs to emphasise a big point, you know. It's quite technical. It's, it's almost not artistic and free-flowing. Writing can actually be quite technical when it comes down to, you know, and it's like just a matter of, like, piecing things together and, like, putting all into a framework. How about... Uh, are there any kind of they don't necessarily need to be comic book writers but are there any kind of writers like that you like to consider or influences for you I'm not sure if I call them like influences because like they're all so much better than me that or they? inspirations for them inspirations probably a word more yeah but in terms of, I, I, I love Grant Morrison obviously you know not just because he's Scottish but like <laughs> that does help 
Yeah. <laughs> um, Jason Aaron uh, is amazing. The stuff he does in Scalped and how cinematic he makes it and the techniques he uses, the stuff I'd love to like, you know, work into my, and the emotion he builds. Like, that's something I really try like, and draw inspiration from and try and like and work in own scripts. Um, Scott Snyder's emerged as an amazing writer. Um, in terms of prose, like Stephen King, um, Edgar Allan Poe still think is a great writer. I know it's a bit hackneyed. I think Shakespeare still stands to this day as one of the great plot men and idea men of any like literature. Um, I think his work still stands. Um, like yeah, and then like in the movies, you have like guys like the Coen Brothers. You know, David Lynch. That weirdness. I kind of went through a weird David Lynch phase when I was trying to write stuff. Um, so I yeah, guess like, uh, that'd be entertaining to read some of that. Yeah, I can know. I don't know if it's entirely successful, but yeah, I tried it for a while. Um, Watchmen doesn't much, but I mean, that's another guy I meant to mention. Watchmen's another great guy that's brilliant to interact with and play with in the RPGs, sorry. And that's another idea. And I got inspiration from like other RPGers as well, seeing some of the stuff they do. Um, like seeing the way like Sensei like introduced all of the rogues or the Flash one by one gave me inspiration. I wanted to do something similar for Iron Man, didn't really work out, but I tried it. Um, seeing like you know uh, how meticulous and grounded you did the crime stories part made me want to try something somewhere when I was doing like Harvey Dent stuff, and then you took it to the next level with um your follow up arc and. Yeah, I think, you know, you, that's part of what makes the RPGs great as well, is we take inspiration from each other and see that he, that worked when he did it, I'll try doing it as well, you know, and we, and we learn from each other. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it goes without saying that you've definitely inspired a lot of people, me included, like with your uh, version of, like the way you structure posts and the way you write, the way you characterize people, I think would be a good example. Like every time I... Uh, need to point out like a an example of uh, good writing in the RPGs. I all I have to do is really point to the, one of your characters. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I plan on <clears throat> in the new one universe RPG. I plan on applying for Bullseye, and I'm just going to copy and paste all your posts and shit. So I don't <laughs> think no one will be the wiser. To tell you no lie, I can't remember who it was. It was Harley Ken or something. Where um, he was saying, talking about when we're talking about relaunching the Marvel RPG at first, and talking about going back to the yeah. um, good old days and making you know in Zimmer names. And he said, "I don't think we should go back to it. It was all crap back then." Um, and then and I just literally, from my first post, copied and pasted my first Rosei post from season one. You know, <laughs> it's still kind of stood the test of time. I was quite proud. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the two of us can't really say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say like you know I don't think I'm I don't think I don't think I'm great now but I don't think I was always like you know um, I mean I look back at some of my early stuff and you, you do you do see a lot of the seams the weaknesses I do think I've managed I don't think I've grown as a writer as I've gone on I think we've all grown I think if we hadn't grown if we hadn't seen some progress but then like you know if you're not if you're not trying to get better as a writer then that's the day you stop writing you know yeah like I feel I mean this is the summer <coughs> will be my sixth year in the RPGs and. I feel like the past year has been like really the only time I've you know, the best that I've been, you know. Even though people like to say some uh, of, some of the fucked up stuff that I've done, but it seems it seems like you you've always been around, but because you've like you know crazy um, since you have been here, like you know, and you know your stuff's always so good, and you've all you've got a finger in every pie. I'm omnipresent. I'm everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> you can't escape me. Big, like Sauron. Yeah, Big Bird is watching. Yeah. But um, I guess last question is that uh, I'm trying to think how did I work last time with MB? Oh, uh, I guess to wrap things up, can you give us an idea about what you want to do in the coming future with RPG related first, and then I guess we'll let you pimp out some of your projects because we know you're going to do it, so we might as well. Just go ahead and take it. It's like a rape. Just bend over and take it. <laughs> to be honest, like, I'm, I'll keep it short and sweet. Like, okay. you know, standardcomic.com um, for the standard my superhero series. Visit comicstripe.com, which is a publisher site. I have columns there. And, that, that, and then go to johnleescomics.wordpress.com, which is my personal blog. And you'll find any updates and any projects there as well. But more importantly, for the, you know, the, you know, the context of this show is, like, the future plans of the RPGs. I think, like, not just me, but what all of us need to do is try and find a way out of this cycle we're in where 
activities dwindling, not enough new members are taking part and the old members are kind of fading away. And it'd be a shame if this community died out because like, you know, I think there's still creativity there and there's still like, you know, the potential for so many great stories. Um I'm just finding easy to find some kind of like niche or you know, um just some opportunity to catch on to to really like kind of bring it back again and try and make it fresh and exciting again. Because I don't know, I don't, I don't know the solution, but it's a shame to see the RPGs dwindling. It makes me sad. And if there's anything I can do to try, like, and bring some life back into it, I want to do it. More personally, like, you know, just going to keep on playing as Batman, build up some good arcs for him. Take what I'm, I'm currently at a very early stages right now. I want to try and take what I'm doing with him into high gear. Maybe look into applying for someone somewhere else to be able to have a bit more presence in the RPGs, but it all depends on time, I guess. But yeah, the main thing is just like hoping that a year from now we've still got a thriving RPG scene that we can say like, you know, what are your plans for next year? Yeah, I think that for me, the number one goal that you should be doing in the near future is fucking posting. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, that, that that's it, strong and sweet. I'll fucking post. Fucking post. Yeah. How about you, uh, MB? Anything else? No, no, I think I think we've covered it pretty good. Uh, do you have any just final thoughts that you want to get out there? Like, just anything off your mind? Boobs. Boobs. <laughs> that'll be uh, your epitaph. That, that'll, be on your, <laughs> that'll be on your gravestone. John yeah, Lee. That's, <laughs> that's what epitaph is, you dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't paying attention to what you said, as I, I usually you. do. Well, you can get your boss. You can just say effa tap tap tap. Effa tap tap. It's like banana. I don't know when to stop saying banana. Banana na 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 na. Ring 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 banana phone. <laughs> oh god, it's starting again. Dead <laughs> <laughs> dead kids out. All right. Well, I guess on that note, we'll leave this interview in. We'll say good night to everybody else listening. All. Two of you. So uh, this Thanks is being. Thanks for having me, guys. I really yeah. enjoyed it. It was great. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was good to have you. You were. You were awesome guest. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right, and so that is being inside the player studio. I have been Birdman for Kaiser Soze and MB. I want to say to everybody, good night, and go fuck yourself and post. Thank you. Now I'm having such a good time. I'm having a ball.